Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports. Now with Kent Sterling. It is Thursday, June 10th, 2021. We are out here among the cicadas in the backyard today (laughs) talking about sports, trying to make more noise than they are, which is really, really tough, I got to tell you. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, 317-849-2933 is the number. Let's talk about sports, shall we? The Indianapolis Colts, they got 10 guys who in six weeks we're really going to want to keep a close watch on because these guys are going to determine how well the Indianapolis Colts play. Other than the guys who are injured or not injured, injuries are always going to be the biggest point of differentiation from one NFL team to the other. And from what expectations are during camp, then as they have to be adjusted throughout the season, nothing trumps injuries. However, The play of these 10 guys is going to go a long way toward us figuring out exactly what, who these, this team is that Chris Ballard has built, built his fifth team in Indianapolis. And in despite 11 and five last year, right? 10 and six, two years before that, you look at Chris Ballard and so far he's a 500 GM. Yeah. You know what? Andrew Luck got hurt. And then two years later, Andrew Luck retired 15 days before the beginning of the season. That's all very true. And uh, you can make excuses for that, or you can say, look, it's your job. Unexpected stuff happens. That is what goes on, right, with NFL teams. So these 10 players are going to mean a hell of a lot to the success or failure of the 2021 Indianapolis Colts. Here we go. Isaiah Rogers, number 10. Isaiah Rogers, absolutely huge. How he develops during camp this year, during the preseason, whether he can get on the field as a starting quarterback instead of Rocky Seen, because I don't believe Rocky Seen has it in him to be a starting quality quarterback. I think you got Xavier Rhodes. You definitely have Kenny Moore. And then on, on the other side, I think you've got to have Isaiah Rogers. He's fast enough to play that position at a really, really high level. I think Isaiah Rogers and how he develops during camp is going to be crucial to how the Colts compete this year. At number eight and number nine, they're both named Sean Davis, and they are both safeties. They spell their names differently. One is S-E-A-N. That's the guy who signed as a free agent from Pittsburgh. The other was drafted in the fifth round. And that Sean Davis out of Florida supposedly hits like a tank. They want him to get on the field this year. They want him to be able to compete for the, the Colts. You need a third safety. You've got Julian Blackman. You've got Cardi Wills. You need a third guy, and they hope that this Sean Davis is that guy. All right, number seven, Taekwon Lewis. It was during camp last year that we started to figure out that this guy had changed, changed his mind, changed his body, and all of a sudden was winning one-on-one battles that the previous two years he hadn't won against guys he looked really good in camp last year and then he backed it up with his play during you know the the number of snaps that he played he was actually pretty damn productive so
So that is Taekwon Lewis, and he's got to make another jump because Hurricane Dio is not going to be ready to go for the opener. you got to have a guy on the other side of Quiddy Pay in order to put pressure on quarterbacks. You've got to have a guy on that left side outside of Grover Stewart and outside of DeForest Buckner who can put some pressure on. And if you if we'll draw an occasional double team because that is going to make the guys on the inside, it's going to give them an easier road, right, to get to the quarterback or to stop running plays. Uh, number six, Quiddy Pay. I want to see Quiddy Pay be relentless during camp. I want to see him just go after people. I want to see the physicality of practice during camp ratchet it up a couple of notches. I want to see guys get hit. And I think Quiddy Pay is one of those guys who can do it. He's got that level of intensity. Number five, Kylan Granson. I want to see what Kylan Granson can do playing against NFL talent. We know what he can do when he plays for SMU as long as he's not playing against Cincinnati. Against Cincinnati, he got a case of the drops. Against everybody else, he was really pretty good. Kylan Granson is going to have to be sort of that Trey Burton kind of guy because Trey Burton ain't here anymore. Number four, Sam Tevy. All right, Sam Tevy gets crapped on a lot. Uh, everybody knows he's not a starting level left tackle in the NFL, but he's going to have to play at that level early in the season while Eric Fisher continues to build strength in the leg where he tore an Achilles in the AFC Championship game. you got to have Sam Tevy be able to play for a couple of games, three, four games at a high level, or you're going to have to chip. You're going to have to bring a tight end in and keep a tight end in to keep people off Carson Wentz. And you'll notice that Carson Wentz isn't on here. Um, number three, Jacob Eason. I'm going to be watching Jason, Jacob Eason because Jacob Eason has to be good. He has to be good enough to be a trusted backup to Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz gets hurt. He extends plays, he gets hit, he comes off the field, and he doesn't come back on. So you've got to have a backup who can go out there and compete. Is that Jacob Eason? We're going to find out during camp. Number uh, two, Rocky Seen. Can Rocky Seen play? I think we're going to find out in the preseason. You sure as hell don't want to find out in the regular season if the answer is no. We don't want that again. We don't want more PIs, right? We don't want more guys kind of shaking and going and getting by Rocky Seen and catching gash plays. We don't want that. Can't have that. So Rocky Seen is either going to show up or he's going to show out. Number one, Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell's got to be healthy. He's got to be dynamic. Or who's going to be dynamic on that offense? You know what? T.Y. Hilton's in his 30s. He's far closer to the end of the road than he is the beginning, right? Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is a guy who can go out and catch the ball, but he's not a 4-3-2 guy. He's not going to run past people. He's going to go up in crowds and come down with the football, and he's going to be very, very good at that. He's going to be a very reliable receiver. Paris Campbell's got to be the dynamic one. And to do that, he's going to have to stay on the field. Over the course of his first two seasons, what's he played? Like nine games. Got to get better. Got to get more out of him than that. If this offense is going to compel defenses to stay straight and not load up the box against the run game. Let's talk about Kevin Pritchard. And I want to do this in kind of a granular way. All right? Because a lot of people are getting very negative about Kevin Pritchard. And I don't think it's justified. I think Kevin Pritchard... Has des deserves because he has earned some equity. Granted, the search that yielded Nate Bjorkren 
was ridiculous. And and in the midst of all this COVID and injuries and the Victor Oladipo drama and all of that, you really needed a steady hand, and that means an experienced hand. And they brought in a first-time NBA coach who'd never played in the league and was going to have to earn the respect of the players, and he did not get that job done. And so he's gone. Goodbye, Nate. You know what? $2 million this year if that's what he got. $2 million for next year because it was guaranteed. You walk out of here with $4 million. A lot of people would like to have a bad day like you had yesterday. That's a pretty damn good day for everybody else. So don't feel sorry for yourself. And Kevin Pritchard, don't feel sorry for yourself either. He's He got a big uh, going away prize, right? Those checks, that's significant for a guy. Come on, guys. You got to hustle. Okay. All right. I won't lapse into that, but let's talk about Kevin Pritchard as he tries to negotiate what he failed to do correctly last year, and that's hire another coach. I don't know whether it's Rick Pitino. Dan Dockich was talking about Rick Pitino today, which is perfect, Dan Dockich, because nobody had mentioned him. But you know what? It makes you think, doesn't it? All right, Rick Pitino. I'm not much for him. He, uh, you know, to the extent he knew what was going on as far as the cheating down at Louisville, I don't know. Uh, the, you know, the business with the lady at the Italian restaurant in Louisville. Yeah, I don't know. Do we want that kind of behavior? <laughs> you know, Ruth Chris or St. Elmo's. Uh, Mr. Patino's in the back room. Please uh, do not venture back there. I, I don't think that we need that in Indianapolis. But you know what? Uh, it is what it is. Would you rather win with a moral reprobate or would you rather lose with a beautiful, upstanding human being or somebody you think is anyway? That's the question, right? So we'll see what he can do. And he's got to remember. Uh, Pritchard needs to remember. He's, he's not hiring the next ambassador to China or director of the CIA or the next secretary of state. You know what? National secrets do not have to live and die with whoever they hire as a basketball coach for the Pacers. Just hire a coach. Hire a guy who you look at who's talking to you. You're like, yes, I will run through a wall for this guy. I want to stay after practice for two hours and put up another 500 shots. That's the guy you want. It's not that hard. You can find these guys. <laughs> it's not like... You know, you're not looking for a unicorn. There are a lot of good basketball coaches out there. What has Kevin Pritchard done over the last few years, right? Uh, he took the job as president of the Pacers back in 2017, May of 2017. So this will be his fifth draft. The other four, T.J. Leaf in the first round, Aaron Holiday in the first round, Goga Batadza. And he traded the 2020 number one pick for Malcolm Brogdon. The only real outlier is a bad one is is T.J. Leaf. Because what you've got to do is you've got to assess the neighborhood. All right? You look at the neighborhood and you say, okay, was this a reasonably good pick among those players? T.J. Leaf, the answer is no. You could add John Collins. You could add Jared Allen. You could add O.G. Ananobi. All right? Those guys came immediately after T.J. Leaf. T.J. Leaf, a good offensive basketball player, a terrible defensive basketball player, he didn't learn how to play defense, and so there you go. He's, he's gone from the Pacers, and he should be. Nice kid, but a kid. Uh, Ike Anabogu came in the second round, as did Edmund Sumner. 
the Pacers traded to acquire the draft rights Deadman Sumner, which turned out to be pretty prescient. But T.J. Leaf is such a bad pick. That draft turns into a disaster. 18, you've got Aaron Holiday and Alizé Johnson. Could have had Shake Milton instead of Johnson. Aaron Holiday, you could have had Landry Shamit, Mitchell Robinson, or Jalen Brunson. I wanted Jalen Brunson. Anyway, Aaron Holiday, among the guys in that neighborhood, not bad. Not great, but not bad. This is not a bad draft pick. Goga Batadze in 2019. Goga? You know what? I think Goga can turn into a really good rotational NBA player. I'm backing off a little on my prediction that he's going to be an all-star, but I think he has the physical characteristics to be really, really good. Uh, They could have taken Brandon Clark at 21. He went to OKC. He's been pretty good. Goga, I don't mind. They traded the second-round pick to Utah. So, and uh, Gerald Brantley, I don't know. You know him? You're ahead of me. 2020, they traded... Uh, for Brogdon, the 24th overall pick, which was used uh, to draft R.J. Hampton, I don't care. Uh, I think Brogdon is going to be better than anybody who who you would have been able to draft at 24. And then in the second round, they draft Stanley, Cassius Stanley. So draft-wise, you know, who are you going to get? This time around, they got to get a guy. With the likely 13th overall pick, 1% chance to get the number one pick, right? Probably a 5% chance to wind up 5 to 7% to wind up in the top three, the way they do the lottery now. So you're probably 13th overall. You ought to be able to get a guy who can be in the rotation almost immediately, has a talent to play at a really high level. Trades that he's made, we talked about the Brogdon trade. It's a good trade. Victor Oladipo for Karis LeVert, great trade. Oladipo isn't even going to play next year. He was a nightmare once he decided that he was the straw that stirred the drink. He didn't have the game to back it up. Uh, Paul George for Oladipo and Domas Sabonis. Fantastic trade. With a gun to his head, he makes that deal. Great deal by Kevin Pritchard. And then cash and a trade exception for T.J. Warren and three second-rounders. Unbelievable. You paid a little bit of cash, and you got back a guy who's a borderline all-star when he's healthy, although he's not healthy often. Great trades. Love the trades. How about free agent signings? Darren Collison, that was okay. Doug McDermott, he filled the need. Right? Collison did. McDermott, good. T.J. McConnell, a revelation for the cash. Wow. One of the most affordable, really good players that is playing in the NBA today. Al Jefferson, great free agent signing. William Bogdanovich, another really good free agent signing. Jeremy Lamb hadn't been healthy. And maybe as importantly, he waved Monte Ellis, who had to get the hell out of that locker room or tear the team apart. That is Kevin Pritchard. Now, yeah, he hired the wrong guy. But to his credit, instead of prolonging that mistake by allowing Bjorkorn to come back for his second year, he made the change. Once you decide that there is a mistake, it has got to be corrected as soon as possible. And I think that Pritchard has done that. So, or will do that, and hopefully does do that. But you've got to go out and get a guy who's going to reset the culture. You can't go out and get a placeholder. Why? Mike Budenholzer, right? You kicked the tires, I guess. You talked to Brogdon, tried to figure out what he was uh, for Brogdon when he was with the Bucks. I don't know. But if, if Budenholzer is going to get fired at Milwaukee for not being able to win in the postseason, and you just fired a guy in Nate McMillan because he was unable to win in the postseason, what are you doing? Just shuffling, you know, chairs on the, the deck chairs on the Titanic. How about Terry Stotts? Why'd he get fired? 
at Portland. You know, he's an Indiana guy. He and Pritchard, both born in, in, in Pritchard to an extent, raised in Bloomington. That's kind of interesting. So we'll see what happens. But that's Kevin Pritchard. So instead of saying over and over again, he's had terrible drafts. No, he hasn't. He had one terrible draft pick in TJ Leaf. That's it. Other than that, he's been pretty good. He's been on the better side of mediocre, better than average, utilizing those 18th overall picks and a 23. All right, the 24 last year he used to go get Malcolm Brogdon. I, I give, like, he's not an A++++, and he's not an A. But I'd give, I'd give Kevin Pritchard a solid B to B plus. 